Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, episode number 39. Hey guys, happy Monday. So if you're listening to this, I am 38 weeks and feeling it. Almost there, guys. Oh, I can like see the end. Maybe if you're listening to this, I won't be pregnant and I'll have the baby this weekend, but I don't know. We'll see. (laughs) So this week we are doing a birth story episode with my friend Marta. She is actually a mom of triplets. Can you believe that? I can barely wrap my head around having one baby and she had three come out of her. So she has a really cool story to share today, the birth of her triplets. Marna Spurke is a writer, woman empowerment coach, and triplet mom. Her focus is helping selfless, overwhelmed women learn to put themselves first, stop people-pleasing, and become their own support system. And she has a pretty cool podcast that I was actually on. That's kind of how we met. Through her podcast, The Empowered Woman, her virtual self-improvement membership and workshops, she hopes to encourage and uplift women to step into their own power and realize they already have it all. That's right, girl. (laughs) So she is coming on to tell her birth story today. So after struggling to get pregnant, Marta sought the help of a specialist and found a mild case of endometriosis and PCOS. Six months later, with the help of a cycle of hormonal stimulation, she got her first positive test of a triplet pregnancy. Crazy. Among many mixed feelings, of course, (laughs) And the emotional toll of a high-risk pregnancy, she delivered babies at 34 weeks via C-section. So without further ado, let's get into Marta's triplet birth story. You're listening to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast, where we firmly believe in the power of education when it comes to giving birth. Tune in each week as we dive into pregnancy-related topics, expert interviews, and a variety of birth stories. As a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast is not medical advice. Please see mommylabornurse.com slash disclaimer for more details. And now, here's your host, educator, registered nurse, and fellow mom, Liesl Teen. Today's episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast was sponsored by Juna. Juna is the companion app for your motherhood journey. I've talked about Juna a lot on my podcast before. I've had Sarah, the founder of Juna, on my podcast to um, share her birth stories and talk a little bit more about Juna. But Juna is basically an app that you can download on your phone. I currently have it downloaded on my phone, and I have the right week in there of my pregnancy, and it gives you fitness information and nutrition information for the current week that you're in. It follows you throughout your whole pregnancy and into postpartum, and it gives you scientifically backed, up-to-date fitness and nutrition information all in one place. When you download Juna, you'll enter your baby's due date if you're expecting or your baby's birthday if you just had your baby. Then you'll be put directly into the appropriate week of your journey. 
There's a key nutrient every single week with recipe suggestions, a daily trimester-specific workout, and pregnancy and postpartum tips from Sarah and the team at Juna. There's really no other app like it out there. I personally use this app um, to work out. It's really, really easy. I just put my phone on a tripod and I, you know, sometimes I do it at the office, sometimes I do it at home and I just follow these little workouts and they're super easy. Um, very, very easy to follow and you can do modifications. It's not like these crazy, crazy, hard, hard workouts where you're like, oh my God, I'm dying because <laughs> I don't like working out like that. Their upper body, lower body, total body, and then Baralotti's, I think I'm saying that's right, um, which focus on core, pelvic floor, and booty. I think those are my favorite ones that I've done. I've done all of them, but I like the Baralotti's ones the best. There's also postpartum workouts, three different programs, one that kind of gets you started in the first six weeks after you give birth, because you don't want to be doing anything super strenuous at that point. And it's all about pelvic floor re-strengthening, okay? And then the next two programs kind of build on each other after you get clearance from your doctor or your provider at six weeks. I love it. Um, I think it's a really, really great, easy app. She's always adding stuff in there too, so it's got a lot of really, really great information in there. Sarah is also giving a special offer to all the Mommy Labor Nurse listeners. If you are interested in this app, you have a free seven-day trial, but right now you can get Juna for 20% off a full subscription, a yearly subscription, by using the code LIESEL, that's L-I-E-S-E-L, at subscribe.juna.co. Again, that's 20% off any subscription from Juna and the promo code is Liesel, my first name, L-I-E-S-E-L at subscribe.juna.co. And now let's get into today's episode. Hi, Marta. Welcome to the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Liesel. Yeah. Can you just start by telling listeners a little about a little bit about yourself and your family, where you're from, what you do, all of that good stuff. Yeah. So I'm originally from Brazil, born and raised, uh, eventually married an American husband and moved to Colorado, but yeah. he's originally from Nebraska. So it's, it's an all over type of thing. We met in Oklahoma at a church conference. Um, that's how cool. I ended up here. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> after, um, we were married for five years is when we started trying to get pregnant and I ended up having triplets. Woohoo, girl. Yeah. So as you guys, and I've already pre-recorded the intro, as you guys have heard, I, I introduced this episode by saying, Hey, this is a triplet episode. This is, you know, one of those kinds of episodes, you know, we have twins, twins are common, triplets aren't that common. (laughs) Triplets are not that common. I've only seen Oh, a handful of, of, you know, patients that I've taken care of who are, who are triplet moms. I mean, we get them every once in a while, but yeah, not very often at all. So this is a unique uh, birth story. So yes, so we're doing a birth story today. So let's um, go back to kind of when you found out you're pregnant. If you tell me if you had any trouble conceiving or if you, you know, let's kind of go back, go back. (laughs) So I had always had pretty irregular cycles, but I was on the pill for a those five years that we were been married. So I didn't know how things were because I was on the pill. And so when we we stopped, I stopped taking it and we effectively started trying. 
Um, my cycles were super irregular. So there were months that I did not have a period. Mm -hmm. And after a year of that is when I decided to seek help and go to a, a doctor, a fertility specialist that a friend of mine had gone to and was successfully gotten pregnant with one baby. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I, it turns out that I had a mild case of endometriosis. So I did have to go uh, through a uh, a minimal surgery. So it was laparoscopic surgery to correct that. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't even know, cause usually people that have endometriosis have very heavy cycles, have a lot of cramps. I didn't have any of those symptoms. So it was something very small that I would have never known that I had. Yeah. Um, mm. Unless uh, because they did the exams, they found out that it was an issue and right. also PCOS. So that was mm. really the cause of the regular irregular cycles. Mm -hmm. And so I, I had to take shots. So I know here in the, in the U.S., usually people go through cycles of Clomid, which mm -hmm. are pills. But in my case, what was recommended, which is a very similar medication after I looked into everything, um, is actually shots that I administered myself at home in my stomach. And then mm -hmm. I had to go to the specialist to get ultrasounds and see how the uh, eggs were evolving. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. And then once the eggs were at a decent size, I took another medication to ovulate. And then I had to have scheduled intercourse at a mm. specific date. Um, and then how romantic, there, <laughs> super romantic, <laughs> and lay there for two hours afterwards. And uh, technically, I think we were supposed to do that twice. And we decided let's just do it three days just to make sure. Hey, why not? Why not? My husband was like, I'm all for it. <laughs> um, and yeah, so two weeks later, I had to take, uh, I took a P test because that's what he said. Two weeks later, you can take a P, um, the P test, just a pharmacy test. Yeah. And I was pregnant. So I was like, oh my gosh, it worked. And then took the blood test. Everything was okay. And then the doctor called me in to do an ultrasound just to make sure everything was in place. And I was actually already feeling the cramps of the beginning of a pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I was super afraid of having an ectopic pregnancy because I, w I had a friend that was going, that was trying right at around the same time. And she had an ectopic pregnancy that started with heavy cramping and ended yeah. up in, um, just losing the baby. And so yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, I hope this is not the case. But I went to the ultrasound appointment by myself just because I had been going there so often to check on the eggs. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was five weeks pregnant and there were the three gestational sacs right Ooh. in. Ooh. Yeah. I've always wondered. I just had uh I just had a podcast episode that I released this week and she was a twin story and I asked oh. her about that, how that was in the room when you find it. I've like just always been curious about that, mm -hmm. what that feels like when they're like, Oh, because you know, you normally you go in, you don't know there's you think there's one baby in there, right. you go in, you're like, Okay, you know, this is exciting, we're gonna hear baby, but then it's like, Oh, there's two. So I asked her how it was to find out too. How was it to find out there was three? <laughs> so it was extremely nerve wracking for several <laughs> reasons. Yeah. First, because I was alone. So it was just yeah. me and the doctor. Second, because he said, this doesn't mean much because it's so early, like super, you know, cold doctor right. style. Right. Um, it's, you, there's no heartbeat. So let's wait a couple weeks and you can come back and then we will know for sure if they took. And so I walked out of there just crying and called my oh. husband. He was so happy. He was yeah. super excited. He was like, Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. Triplets. And I was like, how is this going to work out because I'm like five, two. <laughs> and I just, I was super scared to be honest. Yeah. I mean, my first pregnancy and to know that I'm just freak of nature, three babies at once. It was very scary. I'm sure. I'm sure. And just, yeah, you're probably like, 
I'm only five two. Where is it all gonna go? Is right. it gonna go out or is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I can imagine, and especially with that appointment, that's unfortunate that they did almost. That it's good that they found it that early, obviously, but it's also probably not so good and very nerve wracking because yeah, you, you can only really see sacks at this point, and it's like, right. oh well, there's sacks, but you know, one of them might you might lose one of them or two of them. We can't really say. So yeah, I can imagine that. And especially that's unfortunate that the doctor was just very nonchalant and, you know, yeah, not so I nice. ended up not using him as my OB for that's good. this very reason. <laughs> that's good. That's good. But I'm yeah. very grateful that he helped me in that yeah. way. And after I had the kids, um, I did send him a message. So it showed him the pictures and said, I'm very grateful for you. But yeah wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> yeah. Initial kind of, yeah, thing. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, let's kind of move, you know, further into your pregnancy, how that kind of went. We'll get into your birth story a little bit later. Tell me how, tell me how it was being pregnant with, with three babies. So one of the hardest things for me, besides just the shock, was that I had a different vision for my pregnancy. I really wanted to go as natural as possible. Yeah. I wanted to try like home birth, water birth, all the things I had been looking into this for the one year that I was trying to conceive. Yeah. So that was another reason why it was so shocking for me to learn that there were three, because the chances of me having any of the things, you know, that I wanted, or at least one of the things was slim to none. Right. And it was very disappointing, but I like to say that that's like the beginning of motherhood for anybody is mm-hmm. understanding that you can't control things. There's a lot of options. You know, you got to be flexible. Yes. Got to <laughs> be flexible a hundred percent. And this go evolves after you have the kids and as right. they're growing too. And so, um, so one of the things is that I wanted to be very active. I wanted to be like fit, pregnant, yeah. mom, and, um, I was doing all kinds of, you know, exercising. I had a personal trainer. I was doing yoga. I was doing Pilates. Um, but then I remember that at 25 weeks, I actually did our maternity shoot because I was mm-hmm. so big already at 25. I looked like I was 40. Yeah. So it was perfect timing to, to do the pictures. Yeah. And I feel like a couple days after that, cause I was standing for a long time, walking around, taking the pictures. We went to this park and it was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, my cervix is started thinning out mm. and basically I was told to stop doing all of the activities and go into bed rest, which was something that I knew was bound to happen because of the weight of the belly, because of my size and further right. along in the pregnancy. Uh, I mean, sometimes with singletons, you have to go through that little yeah, one. And so that was hard on me too, again, because of my expectations, because I wanted to be active and I was feeling fine. And that, that's another thing that's so hard is that it's not that I wasn't feeling good. And so I had to do that. It's like, I could keep going, doing, going about my business, mm-hmm. but my body thought otherwise, you mm-hmm. know, or my cervix in that case. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the hard things. Um, we ended up having to put a bed in the first, uh, floor of, um, the house. So mm. I didn't go upstairs. I yeah. was not sleeping in my room. So for the last two months of the pregnancy, I was just sitting around. So I had to sit, sit to take a shower. Um, I just moved from the couch to the bed in the living room. I remember baking Christmas cookies in like a wheel, like one of those rolly chairs for yes. office because I just, you know, I couldn't stand. Yeah. <laughs> so I just had to bake the cookies and sit around, roll around in the kitchen to do all the things. Um, but it was also a, a time for a lot of reflection. And that's one of the things that I tell moms and to really find the silver lining in any situation. And so I, 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 there was nothing else I could do other than read other than, you know, just Mm -hmm. sit there. So it was a time for me to really get connected with 
my babies and kind of figure out what it would be to become a mom. <laughs> to of three, three babies at once. Yes. Yeah. And we will get right back into today's episode after a quick break from this week's sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Juna. Juna is the companion app for your motherhood journey. As I talked about in the intro, Juna was created to provide scientifically backed, up-to-date fitness and nutrition information all in one place. There are new follow-along workouts every week so you never get bored, and I personally use Juna myself. I've been using it pretty much throughout my whole pregnancy, except kind of in the first trimester because I was so dang exhausted, (laughs) but I really love it, and I really personally... um, can back it because I I personally use it. They're upper body, lower body, total body, and a cool workout called Barilates, which focuses on your core, your pelvic floor, and your booty. There are also postpartum workouts, even though if you're pregnant, you're not quite there yet. But there are three different programs, one that gets you started in the first six weeks, and it's all about pelvic floor re-strengthening, and then the other two programs that build on each other after you get clearance from your provider at six weeks. There are also week-by-week nutrition tips with specific nutrients to focus on and recipes. And finally, there are also just great weekly tips from the founder, Sarah, for reminders on putting together birth plans, dealing with constipation and nausea, and preparing for labor and postpartum. It's really a great app, and again, I personally recommend it because I personally use it every single week. Again, Juna is giving a special offer to Mommy Labor Nurse listeners, so right now you can get Juna for 20% off your subscription by using the code LIESEL at subscribe.juna.co. That's L-I-E-S-E-L at subscribe.juna.co. And now let's get back into today's episode. Yes, and that's a good point to bring up. I'm, I'm surprised. Well, I guess not surprised. There's different situations, I guess, with with all types of triplet pregnancies. Mm-hmm. But a lot of triplet moms um, and twin moms, you know, people with high risk, any kind of high risk situations, a lot of times they will admit you for a long term stay, right. you know, in like an anapartum kind of unit. So I'm, I guess, I would be. I, I'm glad that you were at least able to kind of stay home, even though yes. you were on limitations, you know, cause a lot of times they'll let, they're like, Nope, you can't stay at home. You got to stay in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is true. And I don't know if it's got anything to do with the fact that I actually uh, had all my pregnancy and my delivery in Brazil. So that's something maybe interesting Probably. for us to talk about how I have not had an experience of a pregnancy in the U S Yeah. And so, and I had known, cause I was in touch with both triplet moms in Brazil and also abroad, uh, that said several of these things of having to be admitted, but usually it had something to do with, um, having contractions or going into labor mm-hmm. or the water breaking, which I had mm-hmm. none of those things. It was literally just my cervix. So it was just know. your cervix. Yeah. 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 And sometimes, well, some, you know, sometimes it's just, Hey, we're going to see you, see you in triage and your cervix is a little bit dilated. We'll keep you for a couple of days, see if it's right. progressing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously it sounds like you were able to hold off for, yes. for a couple months. So, well, that's great. I'm glad that you were just able to stay home and be kind of on like home restrictions. Yes. Well, cool. Well, let's progress a little bit more now. You said you were kind of 25 weeks when that when that, all of that happened, you were kind of put on mm-hmm. restrictions yes. and you said it was another two months and then yeah, we're getting so, to your birth story. <laughs> yes, we are. So I actually had the babies at 34 weeks. Oh, wow. Um, so I was, I was 
really excited to have gone that far, but I am yeah. a overachiever. And so I had so many other people that I was in contact with that made it to 36 to even to 37 that I was wow. like, totally do with this. three babies <laughs> Woo. three babies isn't that insane yeah and so um obviously i was happy to made it past 32 because that's one of the things that they say you know after yes. you're past 32 the risks are not that great but i didn't want them to stay have to stay in NICU so i knew the longer yeah. that i could handle them inside the bed right. the better uh but at 33 weeks um because I was, I think I was going in every week, basically towards the end at 33 weeks. Um, my OB saw that the placentas had signs of aging mm -hmm. and the babies weren't putting on weight consistently anymore. Yeah. And so we hadn't talked about scheduling anything or a C-section or anything, um, until then. So it was kind of, again, a shock of hold on a second. I thought I had this we could wait for longer. Yeah. Um, and having him say, you know, we don't want to wait until there is a problem to do this. I mean, right. it is three babies. And, and I, because I'm very stubborn, I actually did two more ultrasounds. Like I went to a, to, to the hospital and then to a different clinic just to make sure like second opinion, um, yeah. everybody pretty much said the same thing. Hey, you just have to feel super blessed that you're yeah. four weeks. And so we scheduled the C-section for the following week. I was actually 34 weeks in one day when uh, we had the delivery. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's great. I mean, congratulations. You made it that far. Like that is so yeah. insane because I mean, gosh, some, well, some singletons don't make it that far. Obviously right. there's preterm births and twins, you know, they say, um, the rate of, uh, you know, of getting further along, you know, twins are, um, higher likelihood of being preterm as well. Yeah. So yeah, with triplet, like 34 weeks, I can't believe that that's, I can't believe it, but you know, I can't believe it. Yes. Like, that's so great. That's so great. Cool. So what happened, I guess on day of, did they schedule you, you came in, let's talk about that. Yeah. So they scheduled me for 10 AM, but mm -hmm. it took two hours for me to actually uh, go in the room. So I was admitted and I was just waiting around. I had changed into my little top thing that I was wearing and the little gown and yeah. We were just waiting around. And what was funny is that I couldn't really lay down. Sitting was more comfortable for me mm -hmm. because of the weight of the belly. I don't know. Yeah. It was just ridiculous how big it was. And I don't, I can't <laughs> yeah. even, I don't even remember it being as big as I looked because I was just looking down most yeah. you know, like it was ridiculous, like deformed so big, oh. um, but we had to wait because they actually had to, uh, free up one of the rooms and they had two rooms for me. So mm -hmm. one of the rooms was where the actual surgery was going to be in. And then they had another room prepped with all the NICU people to take mm -hmm. the babies in uh, because it was three babies. So yeah. that's why it took a little bit longer. And I was just waiting impatiently for two hours until they got me in. And I remember I went in at noon and the first baby was born at 1224. So it was super fast and nice. It was like, I was amazed at like the entire team, the anesthesiologist, everybody, because they were just so calm and I didn't feel a thing. And That's what was great. nice is that even though it was a C-section, because I had expressed this to my doctor about my dreams and, you know, the things that I had in my, in my heart, uh, yeah. before I learned it was triplets. He, um, was one of the doctors that 
in Brazil we call humanized because in Brazil maybe you're aware that C-section rates are like at an all-time high. Very very 99% high. 99% yes. of yeah. women just that's the what people get pregnant and they know they're going to have a C-section. That's just the way. I think it's just correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's just a cultural thing. It's you a cultural just know thing. that this is what happened to my mom and my sister, this is what will happen yes. to me. And yeah. you want to know when your baby's going to come. So you yeah. want schedule it. It's not that thing of, I'm just going to wait around and see. Yeah. And I, and then recently in the last few years, there's been a movement called humanized labor or delivery mm-hmm. that goes against that and says, just, just wait and see what your body does. And then we will see what we need to do. You know, yeah. and I was already thinking that way. And this doctor was actually, is actually part of this uh, view. And he allowed me to hold each baby as the babies came out. So he just passed it down the little uh, cloth thing so that I could hold them. And so it was really nice. It was almost like I had um, a natural delivery. Yeah. I was able to hold each of them before they were taken away. (laughs) Yeah. That's so great. That's so great. I'm going to have to link that. You're going to have to send me the link for that, all of that information. Um, yeah, totally. I can look it up. Yeah, no, we'll put that in the show notes page for people who are interested in that. Cause I, that's, that's actually new. That organization and that movement is new to mm-hmm. me. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. Um, so that's very, very cool. Well, awesome. Well, that's very cool. So let's talk about, um, I know you said you wanted to avoid NICU time. Did you, did they end up having a stay in the NICU at all? Yes, they did. So they all stayed for 22 days. Okay. So, <laughs> so too bad. Not it's too bad. not too bad. And again, uh, based on, how long they were inside of me. Like it makes yeah. the due date and everything. They actually left a little bit before what my due date would have been, right. uh, which, which was great. And they didn't have any kinds of complications. And that's one of the things that I always like to say, you know, again, with finding the silver lining, I had gone through a C-section and I was able to be a part-time triplet mom for three weeks, Yeah, uh, just go home and sleep, recover uh, from the C-section and kind of learn how to work with the baby and mm-hmm. feeding and changing diapers without necessarily having to go through it at home and the lack of sleep, uh, mm-hmm. because that happened eventually. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. Um, so that was nice. It was just hard, obviously leaving the hospital once I was discharged, uh, with no babies and just mm-hmm. being like, I am a mom, but they're not here. So that was yeah. really, really hard. And it only hit me like on the third day. That was something that I remember very clearly. Cause I was just, you know, keeping strong, like it's okay. They're just staying there for a few days. And then on the day, day three, it was clear that they were not going to come home that week. Even, you know, like yeah. they were small, they needed to learn how to eat. And one of my sons was actually on the CPAP machine for a few days. And so, um, that's when I just broke down and I just was like, I, I know I have to be grateful because you go into NICU and you see singletons that with heart conditions, with yes. you know, brain conditions and they're it's fighting like, infection. Yeah. Yes. Like there's yes. Yes. And it just, it, it even gives me chills because you don't want to see any baby no. in that situation. And, and I felt selfish even, you know, wanting to bring my babies home, but at the same yeah. time, it's hard. Nothing can prepare you for no. through that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, that's a good point to add to because yeah, it, a, a NICU stay can look so different for so many different people. You know, there's a big difference between having a baby preterm with no complications without any signs of infection. You just went into preterm 
labor or your, you know, your baby's just born preterm and they just need to grow. And having a baby, like you said, with a heart condition or you had an infection during labor or, you know, X, Y, Z, it's a, it's a whole different experience of being in the NICU. So that's good that you brought that up. Um, Well, cool. Well, let's talk. I'm curious how your postpartum experience was. Was it, do you feel, well, you don't have anything to compare to because you've never had one baby, (laughs) but how was it being a triplet mom? you know, was it any, I guess, different from what you anticipated? Was anything more extreme in your in postpartum? Yeah. So that is hard because I have nothing to compare to, but yeah. I, I, it's one of the things that I wish I had done more, but I know that's one of the things that I always tell moms too. It's like, you did what, what you could at the time you did your best. Yes. And we usually look past and we look at baby pictures right. and we're like, I wish I would have cherished that moment more. Yeah. And it's like you did what you could at that time. Stop being yeah. your up. But it's still hard because I wish I would have taken more pictures. <laughs> but it was just, you know, it was one thing after the other because we yeah. were still following the NICU schedule in, in the first few weeks. So they were they were being fed every three hours, which means there was barely any time for us to sleep because by the time you're done, and I had help, so I had my mom and I had other people helping. So it was my husband. So there was one adult per child for the most part, especially during nighttime, which was the hardest. But it was still like nonstop, you know, and, and that's why it's, of course. Yeah. I can't imagine <laughs> yeah. because you're done and then you have to burp them. And then they had all the, you know, the reflux, the, the vomiting. And then you, you want to make sure that they're still gaining weight and you mm-hmm. want to make sure that they're, they're all pooping. And we had the charts of writing down who, you know, did what, and it was just a lot. And then you had to wash all the clothes because burp cloths were just yeah. <laughs> soaking yeah. wet. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. And, but I remember after a couple months is, was when I actually allowed myself to skip a couple feedings so that I could actually sleep for yeah. a longer period of time. And that was super helpful. But again, it's, it's hard to allow yourself to do that because you feel guilty because you worry about what, what are people going to think? You know, it's just a lot. And that's part of, you know, all the pressure that you feel from being a new mom and handling that situation. Um, But I feel like, I don't know, I I wanted to have taken more pictures, especially from the breastfeeding times, because Mm -hmm. that was one of the things that I really wanted to dedicate myself to and do my best, especially Mm -hmm. because of what I had expected beforehand when I was looking into, you know, normal delivery and breastfeeding and all of that. So that was one of the things that I was looking forward to and that I really wanted to dedicate too. And I don't really have a whole lot of pictures of that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I can, I can somewhat uh, relate with that because I do, I look back at my pictures and I have a lot of pictures of my son, a lot of pictures of just his face, you know, like when he was a baby, but I don't have a lot of pictures of myself and I wish I had just gone back and been like, Hey, Brian, like, can you just take a picture of us? Or like, can you take, you know, like, and I have some, I don't even have that many pictures of him and my husband, it was like, I was just focused on taking pictures of him. And so I have yeah. pictures of him, but yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I wasn't thinking to like take a lot of pictures of myself at that, yeah. at that moment. So yeah, no, I can kind of, I can definitely relate with that. <laughs> so you're saying that, um, you did start off breastfeeding with mm-hmm. them all yes. the, and I'm sure that your supply was I mean, I'm sure you were pumping a lot of milk, <laughs> feeding all the time because there's three yeah. babies. So I didn't uh, from the beginning because they were in NICU. So I was already pumping to yeah. uh, 
you know, give them the milk when I wasn't around. Um, but I didn't actually produce a whole lot, which was another disappointment because I was, I was trying, I was, you know, doing the teas and doing the pills and pumping. And it came to a point where I had to either decide to have that bonding time Mm -hmm. to breastfeed or to focus on making the milk for them. And ultimately I chose to just breastfeed and forget the pumping because I didn't have the strength to, once we were done with the feeding, instead of going laying down or to going to eat, to just sit in the bathroom or wherever it was and pump. I was going to say pumping. I mean, it it makes sense for multiples. Obviously you think you pump and it it just kind of that. I think that's what a lot of people think that they're just going to do or they they get formula. Of course, a lot of people do formula. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, I was trying to exclusively pump for like a short time and it is so much more time consuming. Yeah. So much more time consuming. (laughs) It's so tough. It's so tough because you have to, and you, you know, you're spending time washing all the bottles and you know, it's just, you could just put your baby to your boob if you know, it it just saves a lot of time, but, but it's also now you have three babies and it's a lot more, almost more time consuming because you're breastfeeding three babies instead of one baby. So it's yeah. like, is it really more time consuming? I don't know. <laughs> well, so, and, and that I think, and that was one of the things that I had to go through to really understand. Cause before when I was reading and yeah. seeing all the things and people saying, you know, you have to massage your boobs and you have to prepare even before you start pumping. And I was like, in my head, before I was in the situation, it's like, yes, I will do all of those things. Just tell me what I need to do to yeah. make milk, you know? But, but when I was in this situation, I had to understand my own limitations and what I could do. And I feel like that's where there's a lot of pressure and even, you know, frustration because you don't allow yourself to recognize your own limitations and be okay with that. And yes. that's one of the hardest things that I had to go through um, was first deciding I've got this pump. I, you know, I've been using it. It works fine, but I don't want it anymore. And I just want to focus on alternating kids. So we were doing formula as well. Mm-hmm. But what, what I was doing is, uh, cause we had a certain amount of feedings per day. So each of the times were a time dedicated to one of the, one of the kids that I was mm-hmm. going to breastfeed and they could still get formula afterwards, but I wasn't going to um, do all of the kids because I just, I didn't have enough you milk and, yeah. and there was not enough time because yeah. once you're done, then you have to put them down. I'm not going to be sitting there for, and, and disrupt the schedule, you know? Yes. And so that was just one of the decisions that I had to make. And that's what I did for six months. And then when they were around six months, and then one of the other things that happened too, is that one of my sons developed a lung condition, which oh. was super like unexpected. He was the healthiest one and the heaviest one when he was born. Oh. Um, and the one that needed no breathing assistance and nothing in NICU, he would just sleep in chilling. Yeah. In yeah. And then he developed this lung condition. Um, he was admitted to the hospital several times. And that was another thing that added a lot of stress because I was going to visit him. My husband stayed at the hospital with him, but I was going to visit and I would pump for him and then come home and still have to care for the others. I know that a lot of that created more stress. And so Mm -hmm. I had to make these decisions based on what I was living. And then eventually I just stopped breastfeeding because I feel like maybe because they were used to the bottle and they were going through a phase of everyone getting their first cold. They actually Mm -hmm. got RSV because of the kid, the the baby that was admitted to the hospital. He came back with RSV that he had caught it was a nightmare. Oh, oh man. So everyone was sick. And of course it was just a lot harder for them to eat. Um, and to even, you know, 
compared to a bottle to, to breastfeed. And so that was the time where I was like, I guess this is it. And it was hard, but everyone was healthy after that. And, you know, six months for triplets. Yeah. That is, <laughs> that is great. That is golden. I was just going to say six months, like, woo, girl. Yeah. That's, that's amazing that, that you, that you were able to do it for that long. Thank and I liked the, the schedule that you were talking about where you were breastfeeding around the clock, but you always like alternated babies. Like, yeah. it's not like you were, cause I'm thinking like, oh my God, you only have two boobs. Like you can only do two at once. And then you would do one. But yeah. I liked that you kind of recognize that, Hey, I really want to breastfeed, but I have to kind of alternate kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. in the beginning I did do two when they were yeah. very, very small. And once yeah. they started growing, it was just awkward and yeah. harder. And that's when I also made the decision of, I'd rather just have one and really yeah. hold them and, you know, bond. And so, yeah, but in the beginning I did try with two, it's just harder when they start getting bigger. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. And like I was uh, saying, um, the twin mom that I interviewed the other day, she was talking about that, how it's not, um, a lot of people who have multiples, they see people tandem nurse and they think like, Oh, I'm, I have to do that. Or I'm going to do that. And it's like, it, tandem nursing is actually like pretty hard to do. <laughs> so she was like, don't like set, you know, if any twin moms are listening, like, don't you set your up, set yourself thinking that, you know, oh, I have to tandem nurse. Like, that's what I have to do. Right. She's like, it's actually way easier to just, yeah, it's a little bit more time consuming, but like, it's way easier to just breastfeed one baby. <laughs> at least, yeah. at least for her it was. <laughs> and I'm so glad you said that because again, we have these expectations and we look yes. at other people and we think that that's what we're supposed to do. You're not supposed to do anything except no. keep your baby alive. Yes. Figure out what works for you because yes. ultimately that's what's going to be best. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's a great way to kind of wrap up everything. Yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Marta, for joining me. Can you, I know you are um, on social media in the social social space as I am because we kind yeah. of met that way. And I was on Marta's podcast not too long ago. Yeah. Um, so can you just remind listeners that they want to follow along, they want to see your triplets or they want to, you know, just follow you where they can kind of find you. Yes, of course. So I hang out on Instagram a lot. Uh, it's just Marta Spurk and mm -hmm. on Facebook too is Marta Spurk. And, um, I am a woman empowerment coach. So I do a lot of motivation and just encouragement, uh, with my posts and with my coaching. And I also have the podcast that's called mom does it all. So yeah. I would love for you guys to go tune in there too. Yeah. I love it. And tell me, I don't even think I asked you how old are your triplets? They're three. They're going to be four. In four. January. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This is great. Are you looking for birth education? Did you know that I have two fabulous birth courses that are super affordable? Well, I do. Head over to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast to take a short quiz to see which birth class is for you. When you purchase either birth course, you'll have full access to it forever. And that means it will never expire and you can access it throughout any stage of your pregnancy or for any subsequent pregnancies that you have. You'll also gain free access to my Facebook group, linked to the class where you can ask questions about your pregnancy, share your birth story after you give birth, read other people's birth stories, and get to know other members who are in the course. There is also a money back guarantee. So if you are at all unsatisfied with your purchase, please, please send me an email at hello at mommylaborers.com for a full refund. There's really no risk to signing up, and I promise you will learn a ton about what's to come when you give birth. As a listener of this podcast, you automatically get 20% off any purchase if you use the code PODCASTLISTENER. 
I've had tons of moms just like you enter these birth courses and have fabulous, wonderful, empowering births because they feel so much more educated about what's to happen. So if you are at all curious about birth education, again, I encourage you to go to mommylabornurse.com slash podcast and use the code podcast listener to save 20%. All right, so that is it for this episode of the Mommy Labor Nurse Podcast. You probably follow me on Instagram because that's probably where you came from. But if you don't, head over to Instagram and follow me at mommy.labornurse for more. That is certainly where I am most active. I also now have a separate Instagram for just this podcast. So I encourage you to follow my second account at mommylabornurse.podcast as well if you want podcast updates. Again, that is at mommylabornurse.podcast. As always, you guys know that I also have a website where I have tons of articles all about pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, newborn stuff, and more at www.mommylabornurse.com. I want to hear more from you on how much you love this episode of the podcast or how you think I can improve. So leave me a comment on one of my pictures, send me a DM, or send me an email with all the love. All right, guys, I will see you same time, same place next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.